What's going on? Everybody, you've got the card board coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. And I am the sports card cartel. Uh, with a different entrance every single time we hop on. It's going to be glamorous today. Speaking of speaking of glamorous, we've got uh, some pretty big sales to talk about right off the bat. Uh, it is football Sunday, at least that's where when we're recording, and uh, there have been some pretty wild games on already. Uh, but even more wild than the games have been some of the most recent sales for Justin Herbert's cards. So we are recording on the Sunday, uh, Golden's premier auction. Ended on Saturday evening, uh, which means we've got lots to talk about today, including uh, a $1.8 million sale for a Justin Herbert NFL Shield out of National Treasures. It was graded a BGS 8.5. An absolutely massive card, um, massive sale for an ultra modern card for a player who has really just like a rookie of the year title to his name. Uh, which is kind of crazy, actually. Um, but that's not even what we want to talk about the most. What we really want to talk about is the fact that before, or yeah, before this $1.8 million sale happened, his all-time high had been broken by a $1.1 million sale of his one-of-one one black finite out of 2020 Prism, and it was sold pri <clears throat> privately. Now, you know, the question is, how do you, how do we, how do, how can we guarantee that this private sale, because this private sale has been logged on Card Ladder. Card, card Ladder has been purchased by Collector's Universe or Collector, I guess that's the overhead of PSA. Um, which, yeah, uh, which means that, you know, technically PSA will use these comps for, I guess, the entirety of, Justin Herbert's market realistically, right? Like this is the, the all-time high for his card. So you got to say, you got to think that this has some sort of impact on the rest of his market. Uh, perhaps when it comes to, you know, people sending in some for him to grade and maybe they don't have a one of one, but they have an out of 10 or an out of 99 or whatever the case may be. Um, so how is it that this one of one private sale uh, gets legitimized? Right. That's the big question that's being put out there very suddenly by this decision to include private sales, which by the way, are oftentimes the majority of sales in our hobby. Um, vast majority of sales at your big card show that you went to this weekend, whoever you are, wherever you live, were private sales, quote unquote, private sales. Uh, there's not a ton of vendors that are accepting credit cards and debit cards at shows. So it is a very large and important part of the hobby when it comes to transactions. To now include it in a world that is quote unquote, supposed to be quote unquote reliable, which we already know has its limitations as well. Even when we're using eBay sales and golden sales and the question of shill bidding, the question of legitimized sales will always be there. With the private transactions, it's just a stronger what if. Um, so how are like you like the question you posited how are we going to decide 
what constitutes a legitimate and therefore trackable sale, right? Isn't this what the NFT guys really push when, when they talk about the benefits of the blockchain is that it's trackable and everything, everything is, is apparent. It's all like, I mean, because like no one's exposing their financial records for this. Not to my knowledge. I mean, maybe they did the card ladder. Maybe they were like, you know, we want to, we want to legitimize this. Like, like I'll show show you the $1.1 million wire transfer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's cumbersome. Yeah. Right. Like to to have to provide information, but that's going to be part of the way that you'd regulate this. If you're going to do it, unless, I mean, we're also in a hobby where people just want to institute things, you know, willy nilly and assume that no one's going to follow up on it. And then again, you're in a position where you're taking people's word for it. And that's, isn't that the, the basic fear in the back of this is that we are going to have people manipulating markets as they see fit. And there's not really going to be a way to corroborate it. And therefore they have a vast amount of control. Well, it's like, it's like, it's like, imagine all the shill bidding that goes on at, 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 at oh, I was going to say something. <laughs> Uh, all the oh. shill, all the shill bidding that goes down uh, on eBay, and and not being able to to check out the bidding history, like you almost you almost said the company that was kicked <laughs> off of eBay and threatened to sue them for slander, <laughs> which they didn't, by the way. Oh, um, it's a Freudian slip. Yes, but um, but you know what I mean. But, like, yeah. imagine not being able to track. You know, like people talk a lot about the like private auctions. Uh, on probe scene even right and how like i've seen a lot of people be like this is bullshit like you know you shouldn't be able to like bid privately on something um you know that's on ebay you know what i mean yeah it's an old trick uh especially in the cardboard hobby it's an old trick where you manipulate the market by reporting certain sales and then resetting the number and you know it's all very organized and it's all it's all very uh it's all very time dependent you, your timing has to be great when you put that info out there you have to then immediately take advantage of it right because it may correct itself because nature will get back in the way where people realize it shouldn't be at this level but to artificially inflate it is a is a time-honored unfortunate uh tradition in the hobby and that's the concern behind all this so we're gonna have to have look at the numbers we're, we're dealing with well like 1.1 million would you have even gotten that 1.8 million had you not gotten 1.1 for that private sale right 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 yeah i mean you know like i I mean it was it was i think already at a million but like that 1.1 million dollar sale kind of i mean just solidifies that like this card is better better based on like i guess autograph and shield right um so you're like okay well if that one's 1.1 and like four days later, this thing is ending. Like realistically speaking, it should it should be more expensive, right? So has has Card Ladder stated what it is that they require I, in order to log a, a private sale? I don't think so. I think they, they just talked about the fact that they like it's already logged. Um, so I find I mean, that interesting. I, I feel like I feel like we gotta like get information from 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 Rahul or someone who maybe knows more about the fine print in terms of what card ladder is doing here. I, I can't imagine they're just saying, Hey, send us an email. Let us know what you sold at the show this weekend. And we'll pop it in a card ladder. It's, just, there's gotta be some kind of, I think it was more like, you know, someone reached out to let's say vortex sports cards, which I'm pretty sure they were the breakers that hit it initially. Um, and, and kind of just said like, Hey, what's the situation with this or, or vite or vortex reached out to, the guys that like slab stocks or card ladder and said, Hey, 
we helped facilitate this $1.1 million sale. Um, you know, whether like there was a different exchange, like how do we know it was entirely cash too? You know, cause like if, if, if we're talking like, like a $1.1 million sale and you're exchanging like, let's say $400,000 in cash and the rest is in like trade, like, but it's yep. still $1.1 million valuation. Um, that it's not really like a four hundred thousand dollars. It's not really a one million dollars. I don't scale. think. No, you're you're not going to accept any sort of like um, information on a trade. Yeah. No. 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 I know but, that. I know that. But like, that's a lot of money. If someone, I mean, by the way, people think like the cash in the briefcase thing is is highly. It is highly unlikely, but it happens more often than you think, especially when it comes to collectibles and art and stuff like that. Um, and again, like people know this and I don't look some, some, some of people's largest transactions are private. I think the vast majority of people, I've had a really weird experience where most of my, uh, my, my large transactions are out there rather than, you know, done, uh, done in the shadows, so to speak. But I think most people, it's the opposite. It's being done in the shadows and with cash. I mean, majority, again, majority of shows uh, see those kinds of transactions. So in the case of 1.1 million, I'm pretty sure, like you said, there'd be like wiring or like a check or, so again, that should be verifiable. But again, the thing that bothers me is that they're also uh, producible, like like a production, like a Hollywood production. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're highly <laughs> prone and susceptible to to it being an organized kind of false sale or transaction. Yeah. And I, I think people know that as well. And that's something I don't know how to deal with that when it comes to what you're accepting as a transaction. The Luca wasn't the, the large Luca sale like a year and a half back. That was a private sale. There was a video. There was a handshake. There was a, I think I think some kind of invoice. There was a check. I think there was. A, yes, there was definitely an invoice. And I, but I think like the, the, the invoice plus check combination was like what confirmed it. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't have a, I, I think a lot of people's gut feelings on this are correct. It's just, it doesn't seem right. Um, and it was, I believe, Patrick Ryan, the P. Ryan collection, who is putting out some, you know, pretty sensible, straightforward stuff about, you know, having to basically take someone's word and someone, and they're all, I mean, again, card ladder is not just. Like they're not these um, IT nerds in the back, like tech nerds creating these charts and looking up stats. They're in the hobby. They're yeah. selling singles, products, slabs. And uh, it is a conflict of interest on every level, what we see. Um, so again, our, we are just expected to believe what we see. And so the average collector, they want to see something that they believe is trackable and trustworthy, like 130 point. Or is it revolutionary that I'm saying 130 point? I never no, heard no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think a lot of people talk about 130 point. Um, you know, before that, it was like Snoop, card Snoop or something. They want that. They want that. They believe that's reliable. But again, you're, you're in the realm of eBay auctions. You're in the realm of show bidding. You're in the realm of the guy didn't actually pay. It wasn't an actual real transaction. Yeah, I one one thirty points pretty good with like getting rid of stuff like fairly quickly when it it's it's not paid for, uh, like it won't show up. Um, so I will say that about them. Um, I mean I I think another big sale that we need to talk about is the fact that 
there was a PSA nine star Jordan that also closed mm-hmm. at golden auctions for $444,000. Now, as it stands, that is considerably more than a PSA 10 Fleer is going for right now. Um, I think the Fleers have dropped under 200,000 if I want, if I'm not mistaken. They're they're hovering between I would say like 196, 198 to like 250. Um and if that's incorrect, you can call me out in the comment section, but I'm pretty sure I'm spot on with that. Uh, which means that this Star Jordan is like, I mean, we're approaching double territory, if not over double for a PSA 9. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, much to what you mentioned P. Ryan already once, but uh, he put out a, a pretty important story in my mind a few days ago where he said, even before this thing closed, because this closed yesterday, uh, he, he said, I would highly suggest not buying any Star Jordans, uh, specifically in PSA slabs, until like wait a year. Because in a year, you'll have a better idea as to how many of these things exist, how many of these things exist in what grade. Like you don't want to be the first person to own one because that person kind of sets the market. And I know that like it's a pop one or a pop two or low pop or whatever the hell it is. Um, but those pops will change regardless. The eights, the sevens, the nines. I mean, who knows? Maybe a ten's out there somewhere. Um, you know, imagine if there is a ten out there. What happens to the nine? The nine then, then drops considerably. The nine. The, so I'm pretty sure sports card investor just paid a hundred thousand dollars for his eight. And the reason why he did so is because probe scene said there's a very high likelihood that there will be no nines or that there will be limited nines. And now all of a sudden, like there's a nine or there's several nines, you know? And so that might've impacted his decision to spend a hundred thousand dollars in that moment. Just like if a 10 somehow, some way appears, you know, that nine at $444,000, I mean, that could drop considerably if now the 10 actually exists. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we were kind of waiting for this, right? In terms of the star card, figure yeah. out what's going on value-wise. Yeah. There's people at work as we speak that are trying to set the value and get the value right. Um, Jeff Wilson in the video is tracking down an eight because he knows that's kind of where he's going to be able to afford to get in. He consults with Probstein, uh, which by the way, say what you will about uh, Probstein, um, for that kind of interesting specific information, he is someone you want to check in. For with. sure, for sure. 100%. He will offer an interesting perspective from his long uh, experience, right? Um, there will be a PSA 10. People will make that happen one way or the other. There will be a PSA 10. Um, but then you kind of, I would, I'd be in the mindset that, you know, the nine, it's not necessarily that it would push down the value of the nine. It would just influence whatever that giant number would be on the 10. That's fair. But again, uh, P Ryan, who I'm not trying to, I'm tooting his horn quite a bit right now. um, He put that out there that uh, you, you might want to just kind of wait and see how it hashes out. Um, There are, I mean, it's in process, right? I mean, we can imagine right now there's dozens of them. I didn't say hundreds. Way way more. I think, I think way more than dozens. Hundreds, hundreds being graded as we speak. Like uh, they just started what three months ago, maybe, uh, if not less. Uh, given the fact that not very long ago, uh, like an eight five, a BGS eight five was going for like sixty, seventy thousand dollars, 
And knowing that if you crack and resub to PSA, I mean, the eight was selling for a hundred thousand dollars, and all of a sudden now you have this nine at four hundred and forty-four thousand. Like, I mean, as long as you don't get a seven, I'm I'm sure even a seven you might might be able to have fifty. Like, I don't I don't know. I'm just throwing numbers out there at this point, but yeah. like, it, it's almost worth like because it's so new that it might be worth the crack and and sub right like. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting case where the market is, uh, kind of materializing every single day. And, and we see that with a lot of, a lot of stuff right now, right? I mean, one of the reasons why there's so much volatility in, in certain aspects of the market is that, you know, pop counts change every day. I mean, we're starting to see a lot of value submissions come back. And as a result of that, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of low pop cards all of a sudden not become low pop anymore, or a lot of, um, uh, uh, even they're getting more efficient with things like regular submissions, express subs, all these things are becoming significantly easier to, to get done. Um, and so you're going to see values fluctuate a lot based on scarcity and, and lack thereof happening. Yeah. Greeting's happening at every show. Yeah, it's happening at all your local card stores. They've got deals with SGC, CSG, PSA, BGS, and you're. It's. I mean, all those factors are going to be making some pops pop. Uh, your precious autographed, you know, serially numbered card that's currently sitting at a pop six, and that you're touting as part of its scarcity and trying to yeah. get value for it when you sell. It's not going to be a pop six. It's going to double. And this, I'm speaking out of, yeah. especially in the realm of hockey, yeah. Yeah. you will see your precious cards pop double, like in a, in three to four weeks, and then double again. Um, the the cap resolve, which much much is being made of right now, of how many PSA tens are copping out, did not initially. It was actually, if you recall, it was actually initially pretty pretty low gem gem rate. Not a lot being sent in. I mean, you still haven't had any luck gemming one, you know? I never, yeah. I don't think I've ever gemmed one. I don't I think, think so. SGC9, yeah. BGS9, PSA9. Um, but all of a sudden, things turned a couple months ago. And not only were they gemming, but they the volume just exploded. Um, there was that period of time where, like, no one was grading 2021. Especially, uh, like, Series 1 or Series 2. Yeah, because it was, it was it was it was an awkward like uh, I think value in the in yeah. like the grading scale because at that time I think it was just expressed for a little bit, and I mean, do you want to risk like 120 bucks and it comes back a nine and all of a sudden yes. you know it just yeah. does the, the math doesn't really add up yeah, especially and the market was not 100 percent convinced what was going on with Capra's on yeah. now it is yeah it's so pops are going to be going up big and again just relating it to that point which which Patrick Ryan made about the star Jordan. Um, I'm going to take a few minutes here to discuss Patrick Ryan. Look, he's I'm not being creepy. This is a guy with a large following and a devoted following. Usually usually when you have to when you have to preface that, it means that you're going to be creepy. <laughs> Possibly. Well, I'm devoting a few minutes of our podcast specifically to him, Patrick. Um, you know, the this is a gentleman that has an extraordinary collection and an extraordinary wealth of knowledge that he shares. This is the important part. This is why I'm saying this. Um, there was recently a little bit of a kerfuffle. You love a good Instagram kerfuffle. And it involved a friend of ours as well. 
And whenever it's like watching two of your favorite fighters in the UFC, it's like watching Kevin Holland, who you love. This guy has saved people's lives. Literally. Texas. Literally. Yeah, literally. He's like a superhero. He's enigmatic. I love watching him fight. I'm a big fan. And then you got Kamzat, who I'm a fan of in the same way I was a fan of Mike Tyson back in the day in boxing. You want to see this guy tear through the competition because he's a monster. And so you're, you see two guys that you really like and support and they're fighting it out, right? But um, Patrick Ryan made his point and the point involved the fact that he does often mention companies. I don't need to get into the specifics. He just, every once in a while, he kind of seamlessly blends it into his content. And his content is what I would call, and don't take this in a negative way, it's basic content, which I admire the most personally, because I create even sub-basic content. But it's content you can create on your own. You don't need any sort of heavy editing or design work. Um, you get what I'm saying, right? It, it's, it's, he's just offering you his thoughts via Instagram stories. It doesn't take a lot. And, uh, and, he and, and, his, and his lives. His lives are great, too. And his lives, which are hugely popular. You pop into one of those, and there's hundreds of people in there. Um, that tells you something. And, it, you know, it just, there was a kerfuffle that broke out regarding influencers and these companies that they may have um, financial interests in, and then how they are discussing them. I mean, I'll just, should, okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say, no, go should, should, you wanna, should, as I say, should we mention Arena at all? Yeah, absolutely. That's fine. He, yeah. he he was posting stories about Arena. Yeah. Right around the time he was posting stories about a fantastic concept. Again, I, I I'm not like trying to do too much marketing for him. He doesn't need it, by the way. But he's doing a type of a uh, a type of a mystery pack. Yeah. That is like extraordinarily different than your average mystery pack, and that's one reason to follow him right now is because there's going to be results from that. I I would say that's going to be super entertaining, uh, and uh, and fun to watch, especially if you're a hardcore collector. Uh, but he was kind of called out for the way he was presenting this company, which he may have an interest in. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, this was a very standard level of here's the information. P.S. Here's my involvement. And it didn't, you know, there are some, there's some content that you, it, you feel dirty afterwards. You feel like someone pushed it so far on you that they're trying to get in you. And, and it just, it, it, it feels terrible and uh, and you want to block the person this isn't this is the opposite this was just like here's some info yeah there's here's a picture of Derek Jeter and you know it's again this is a guy Patrick Ryan's involved uh in in all of these operations that involve athletes he's not like a random dude saying like oh yeah. here's a picture of Derek Jeter yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh you know it's that's that's the lifestyle this guy leads for you know and um so you know, so there was a reaction because I believe the week previously, Patrick Ryan was leading the charge and saying, watch what these creators are doing. I mean, mind you, the cardboard coaches have been talking about it for, for a good year or so or more. Um, but he just kind of puts it out there in the simplest terms. Like these guys are talking about things that they have an interest in. In my DMs, people reference an eight, an eight podcast special on, on, a, on a company that you end up being the vice president of, you know, that, that sort of thing. Like you're going to be seeing a lot of it too, because man, everyone's going to, everyone's got a company. Everyone's got a grading company. Everyone's got a vaulting company. Everyone's and got this, that, the other thing. And everyone wants a piece of the pie, you know, and, and that's what's happening. Now, if you're going to do it like Patrick Bryan did it, we're going to be in a better place than, than most of the other stuff I see. And here's the ultimate trade-off. Here's my main point. Patrick Bryan could go ahead and be obnoxious about it if he wanted to. And I would still be okay with it. 
because the amount of information and knowledge that this guy is sharing on a random evening where you could be doing something else is fantastic. And it's ultimately good for the hub. Something he's saying is bothering you. Like I've always said in the past, same with car porn. This comes up a lot. And you, you always, you can block whoever you want. You can stop following whoever you want, that sort of thing. But I think the trade-off is there. If you're contributing something, how many people are actually contributing something? Some of these like high-end content creators, very slickly produced, they're giving you this piece of information or like, here's today's, you know, cards that are valuable, right? Like, which is, that's fine. It's information. He's adding that extra layer and we should be appreciative of that if, we, if we're into that sort of thing. That's my main point I'm trying to make. And uh, it still touches on what we said. Watch what content creators are doing, consider what their agendas may be, et cetera. I am going to go ahead and say that I have been saying for the last year plus that I don't understand why it, everyone who speaks is at fault when other people follow. Like, and I understand that people with a following have a responsibility, but you have a responsibility uh, also as, as much as that other person has like accountability for their actions. Right. Plain and yes. simple. Right. Like yeah. just because I talk about like collecting stickers and liking soccer and, you know, my favorite players, Austin Matthews, that if you take that information and you play monkey see monkey do, if you then ask me what my favorite stuff is, or you see what I post and, and you want to go ahead and jump on that. Why is it that I'm now at fault for your stupidity, for your, your lack of awareness for your, um, your your inability to want to learn um, for yourself, you know, and, and we've talked about this before as well, where I, I, I think it ultimately comes down to laziness and, and a lack of accountability, because I can't tell you how many times people are in my DMs, and you said it's not like that with you, which I'm envious, but people are in my DMs and they ask me, yo, should I buy this? Should I buy that? I bought this. What do you think? And a lot of the times, you know, I, it doesn't feel like uh, um, you're asking for advice. It sounds like you want approval or you want like to justify what you, you should just do for yourself. Right. Like if, if you were to text me or call me and be like, yo, yeah. I'm really thinking about buying this. Uh, I don't know, man, like this nine five Austin Matthews. Which we've done. We do. Uh, we do, right? And yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, you know, like why is it like a good price? Is it, you know, you just you think that this is the time to do it? Like someone offered you in a trade, whatever the case may be. I'm obviously gonna try to get as much information as possible. Um, but like it's it's not for like for approval though. Like you're not really calling for approval, you're kind of calling to bounce ideas off each other. And then if I say my opinion. And you give me yours, like, like that's cool. I'm I'm happy happy to have this conversation back and forth, um, but I'm still gonna have my opinion. And you're you're still gonna have yours. But it's it's the the lack of like or the, the the like malleability of a lot of people, um, based on followings or based on it, it, you just don't need to follow. You don't have to follow someone 
It's every move is what I'm yeah. trying to get at. And, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I can't tell you the number of disclaimers that like literal disclaimers yeah. that Patrick Ryan puts on his stories. So many. Like, listen, the guy probably has got like, you know, he's probably one of the, you know, privileged individuals who could have like a lawyer on retainer and he's smart about it. And, and it's such a great service to his followers to, to remind them. Cause there are people that are just never underestimate human beings. There's people chopping no, at the bit to do whatever you tell them to do. And he uh, takes care of that with disclaimers and being what I think is very open. And it's the complete opposite of what I see some, from some other people. And people were, you know, specifically naming a couple of new um, grading entities. And I think those were two vastly different approaches. And by the way, Pat Prine, I don't believe, is the vice president of Arena. Okay, let's just put that out there. Um, he's just, you know, whatever. I don't even know what level of involvement he is because I can't even remember that much. I don't know that he got so deep into the specifics. And by the way, I'm just one example, and it's my own opinion. I have zero interest in all these new companies. I'm... So I do not care. Like, honestly, I don't care. And I'm not saying that to be to be rude or disrespectful to these gentlemen that are involved. I'm just not interested. Um, it's so funny how people are like, oh, man, look what, you know, look what so-and-so did. Now this company is going to make millions off of <laughs> all of us. Like, what? You know, let's... Hmm. You know, yeah, exactly what you did there. Because, like, I, I have to then pay for someone to do, like, I, it's not like it's a free service that, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, have to yeah. then send them my shit <laughs> in, in, instead of... Things you have to actually do in, to make this... Instead of somewhere else <laughs> where it's significantly more liquid, no disrespect to any of these new companies, yeah. you know? I could send it to BGS. I, I could send it to CGC. I could send it to... Uh, PSA, SGC, I can send it to any of those that are more liquid than these two brand new companies. Yeah, and the opposite of like, PS, the opposite of, yeah, that's like, things have to happen. The opposite of, by the way, posting disclaimers and doing this properly um, is is like organizing yourselves to literally lie and push the lies on gigantic subscriber bases, V-Friends. That's that's the, that, that can actually potentially cause damage what you just described there as there's this whole mind you know brainwashing situation where i'm going to send them the stuff and pay them and anyhow i think we've kind of but if you got maybe, reeled into v friends again like think about what you were buying like yeah. uh, like if you were if you were buying like for like, all of Gary my favorite v's? influencers are telling me to do it and they just showed me a sale on ebay that you know, beautiful bison sold for eight thousand, and I'm gonna make money, and I'm gonna invest all of my child's savings for college. I don't know. I mean, I, I this is what I heard was potentially happening. I don't know if I actually put it up. I don't know. Right? But again, but, anyway, uh, listen. But, but Brendan, you know what's important? No, when in these situations, no one is holding a box cutter to your throat. No, to, to to do anything. Oy. <laughs> that shut shut down right? real quick. That shut down real quick. For those of you who don't know, um. Cartel is referring to platinum breaks yet again. Um, pretty disturbing video of uh, that he says was a joke, and so does the other person involved. But it looked like about uh, maybe a minute and a half to, to three minutes of not a joke, where he was holding a box cutter to a fellow breakers or employee, I guess, because yeah, I think what, what, 
I think G runs the, the... It, it, it seems to me, I mean, if you kind of, you know, if without, again, this is a company I, I don't care about. Platinum. No, no, no. I've, I've watched the sports card radio shows about the tricky things that they do. Wow. I'm shocked. Another large breaking company that switches things and, and abuses their customer base. I'm shocked. Then, you know, we're treated as the hobby last week was treated to, in my opinion, textbook. You know, I have a bit of a background in certain studies. Textbook abuse, um, psychological and physical abuse that had the taste, the air of it being likely long term and really ingrained. And you had a very typical victim. I could break this down, you know, seems like a very uh, physically slight you know, young man and an overgrown human being, an overgrown man with a certain attitude and style that just screams bully, taking advantage of this young man. And, you know, you, you, you would have to experience that sort of abuse to get the full story because so many people are commenting and, and giving their opinions that, you know, oh, oh, maybe it is joking around, but I mean, the, the video to me is 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 damning it's uh intense it's just it seems very genuine the way that interaction seems very genuinely abusive it really bothers people on just on a surface level when you watch something like that um and again it comes hot on the heels of several controversies already and my least favorite take that i'm seeing in a lot of comment sections from people that are trying to support platinum breaks again just like backyard breaks it seems to me a very cult-like support following um you know just talking about oh it's just this one guy g i don't know why we don't know his name his name should be out there but it's just this one guy the rest of them are great get that out of here you got to be kidding me if this has been going on long term which is apparently the word on the street it's been tolerated it's the atmosphere screw all of them screw every single one of them don't give me that take that it's just one. Oh, it's just G. If we get rid of G, Platinum Break is going to be a great organization. That's I mean, I if uh, he's holding a, a box cutter to someone's throat uh, as a joke, imagine if you try to get rid of him. <laughs> let, let, that, let that be their problem. Let that be their, you know, their next issue. On a more positive note, Coach Co, let's talk about the health and fitness. Let's the do wellness. it. Hopefully okay. more hopefully more positives than negatives because today we're gonna get through uh -oh. we're gonna get through some uh -oh. hit, hit hits and misses. We're gonna go through hits and misses. So what hits, that means miss. yes, what that means is we're gonna talk about our own personal fitness goals for the week uh, and how they measure up to month, year, decade. Um, big picture stuff, obviously. But yes. big big picture only happens if if the right stuff happens on a weekly and daily basis. Um, Taking stock. Yes, exactly. And so I think the best way to do this is to probably talk about uh, maybe a six-month goal um, and then what you, I guess, need to do in order to get there. And, and did you achieve that this week? Sound good? I love it. And All right. So, yes. But, but also the misses? Yeah. Not the misses as in like, either of our wives because you know we were both wifed up none huh, huh, huh. 
That was, um, I think that was a, that was a wedding, misses, wedding ring thing, you know? Six, I'll let you, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. yeah. There, there are no wives in the cardboard coaches club <laughs> at the moment. At the moment. Um, let's it, let you lead the way, so then I'll just kind of follow your, uh, your outline. I like it. So, uh, in the next six months, I'm looking to put on uh, probably about 10, 15 pounds. Um, and the reason why I want to do that is because of that 10, 15 pounds, I understand that I'm probably going to maybe put on six, seven, eight pounds of muscle, hopefully. Um, you know, not all the weight I put on is going to be muscle. It's going to be a mix. It is. It is. Um, but what, what's going to happen is it's going to allow me to lift heavier as a result of me being able to lift heavier. Um, not only will I feel uh, a little bit of joy when I finally break through some plateaus on specific lifts. Um, but I'm going to be more energized. You know, when you increase calories, as long as you don't increase calories too much, um, you actually get a little bit more energy specifically if you're increasing things like fats, uh, and carbs, which I plan on doing. Um, now obviously what you increase matters. Uh, but that's why what I increase is going to be very specific. And I'm only looking to put on 10 to 15 pounds in the next six months, basically the winter time. Um, yeah, so so far this week, in order for me to do that, I need to increase my calories by three hundred or by three hundred calories per day. Uh, I've done that every day. Uh, I'm also looking to continue to do my walks. I, th- I find that uh, I mean, first of all, if you follow me on Coach Go, you know that I'm always going for my walk at either five or six o'clock in the morning. Uh, it just helps me set up mentally for the day, um, and uh, you know, just kind of mentally prepare for what's going to happen, but also kind of like cleanse what's already happened. It's a combination of both. So I did, I went for my, the goal is, is to go for a walk five out of the seven days. I did that. I mean, ideally I do seven, but that's just unrealistic. Um, so five out of seven, we did that 300 calories. Uh, we did that. I was probably a little high on a few of them, uh, but, but I'm, that's not really a concern of mine right now. Um, and, uh, and I wanted to make sure that I worked out at least five times this week. I did that. Um, my water wasn't a hundred percent though. Uh, I had a uh, bit of an issue here on Friday and that kind of de- derailed my water intake for that day. Um, and then inevitably you kind of get out of the swing even a little bit. And then all of a sudden like Friday or sorry, Saturday and Sunday, I didn't hit my water target. And my personal water target is between four and five liters. So I, I came in a little under that on uh, three occasions. So next week's going to be a new week. So your miss was the water. And yeah, you just totally reminded me. I, I was, that's not going to be my miss, but I, that was a miss. Yeah. I was dehydrated this past week. And it's kind of important in this kind of like temperature change and with hectic pace in life. Yeah. We have to remember that. Um, it does help if, as coach Co just mentioned, if you have it in your mind, what the goal, the target is to, to take in every day. And it is always helpful when you've got a receptacle of water near you, especially if you're doing a lot of sitting down and, and doing stuff. Um, I would say, uh, for me, it's again, just maintaining the consistency in the gym. Uh, you were talking about getting in there a certain number of times, but for me, just with the way I'm training, I need a lot of recovery on a deadlift day. It's going to be two days of recovery. And then the next workout, I'm not going to deadlift and it'll just be one day of recovery. As long as I'm staying consistent, it doesn't have to be a number in terms of the number of times I was in the gym. Um, I practiced gratitude and I also, and again, we're talking about 
mental health. And by talking about mental health, we're talking about how it relates to your immune system, to your overall, you know, functions, energy, and that can relate to strength. I can very easily string it all the way into the gym. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do was surround myself with people that I care very much for and that care for me. Um, and I did that very successfully this past week in a way that was kind of organic, natural. Uh, and, uh, and that's the best way when it, when it just kind of comes together that way. My miss would be, uh, I am continuing to eat the things I want to eat the way that I want to eat them and eat in a healthy and responsible manner. But I've had far too many moments, most likely because it was fight week, big UFC show. Um, I did find myself eating a lot of takeout. And that does derail, you know, things when you get into, I mean, as you know, I think you have a whole system with your meal prep, right? Yeah. And um, that's something that is important that I've been developing since the pandemic. And I definitely got derailed, but I'm able to look back and understand why that is. It did relate to the whole spending time with people that you care about. And a big part of me wanting to spoil them and when you're spoiling them and, that, and, and the food is available, you're also then going to spoil yourself a little bit. But that's good because at the end of the day, that was a trade-off um, where I was, quote unquote, it was a miss, but it was part of a more positive effort. Yeah. And these are the things that we should be doing. If you look back and you did get a miss, like you didn't get in the gym as often as you could, think back on, on the things that maybe are not as obvious to you, like that that you did perform through the week that did help you in some way, whether mentally or physically. Yeah. That's the other thing. I, I went to all the, all, I had some doctor's appointments and I went to them and was responsible with my health. So I should add that to my, to my list. Um, so never forget the things, the little things that you did that contributed to your overall well-being. Think about, you know, and if you did spend time with people you care about, that's a big thing in and of itself. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, if you have a miss, like, you know, maybe you didn't get into the gym or for your walk, but you went to your daughter's dance recital. Like, I mean, that's still like, that's, that's awesome. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's still massive. Like, like take stock of that and, uh, you know, appreciate that for what it was, not as a, as a, as a, as a miss, but just kind of like, a, I chose this over this and I'm okay with that. And, and just kind of being accepting of, of some of your misses. Uh, instead of being uh, so hard on yourself, uh, you know, obviously accountability is necessary, but uh, you need to also acknowledge that things happen and that sometimes not everything works out. Absolutely. Love it. Team, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Cardboard Coaches. As always, please make sure to like, subscribe, comment, uh, reach out to us if you ever want to talk about absolutely anything uh love you guys i want you to have a wonderful rest of your day coach go out